Hello, and welcome to the Course 5 Compass podcast. I'm David McBride. I look after digital solutions and consulting at Course 5. I'm joined today by my Course 5 colleagues, Joseph Sursak, who heads up the EMEA region, and Shushant Ajmani, VP of Product at Course 5. We're here to talk about data analytics and insights. Specifically, today we want to address the idea of sprinters and how enterprises today need sprinters to reignite the value chain. I used to run track and field. I was a middle distance guy, 800 meters, 1500 meters. I always envied the sprinters because their pain was over so fast, whereas I had to suffer for two to four minutes, uh, or maybe more on those days when my coach made me run a race that I didn't want to, the, the true distance races. Maybe if I'm being honest, I was a little bit jealous of the sprinters for the attention they received. They always seem to uh, get all the attractive girls to pay attention to them. So, but anyway, that's the past. Um, sprinters are, are getting a different kind of attention today. We're going to talk today about uh, what we mean by sprinters in the digital transformation context. Obviously, the, uh, the economy is is top of mind for everyone. As we record this in May 2020, we're in the midst of a humanitarian and economic crisis. COVID-19 and the resultant and necessary social distancing measures have wreaked havoc on the global economy. Uh, from where I sit in the United States, the unemployment rate is expected to top 15%. 40 million plus people have filed for unemployment benefits since March, uh, far eclipsing anything we've ever seen in the past. GDP is expected to contract sharply. Um, there are historically low numbers all around, uh, and that's fueling a sense of anxiety, uncertainty, and fear, uh, all too common emotions among people, among consumers these days. And, and this, this anxiety and uncertainty and fear is fueled in part by visits to the grocery store where there are on full display mismatches between supply and demand. If you go down the cleaning supplies aisle, you'll, you'll continue to be surprised by how empty they are several weeks into this crisis. And it almost seems like, uh, like we're in, in wartime kind of conditions. Uh, rationing of, of uh, certain supplies is common. Uh, when I enter my, my local grocery store, sometimes I'm told that uh, I'm allowed to take one package of toilet paper, uh, but that's all. Uh, certainly not what we uh, what we would, would expect to see in this day and age. So there's this de demand and supply mismatch, this volatility um, that's uh, sort of fueling this sense of, of anxiety and uncertainty. So what we need in business uh, in order to cope with and, and perhaps maximize our, our position in the midst of all of this volatility are sprinters. Enterprises need sprinters, uh, which we'll get into a bit more. These are data savvy people who can move fast in the face of uncertainty. I'm reminded of, of a book that uh, Reid Hoffman and Chris Yeh wrote called Blitzscaling, where they introduced the concept of prioritizing speed over efficiency in the face of uncertainty. Today's business landscape requires that we get used to this kind of uncertainty. And, and for me, that also is related to the fast twitch response that a, uh, that a sprinter um, has uh, and leverages for their benefit. I'm also reminded of a book uh, I've been listening to recently called Anti-Fragile, which says, posits that the opposite of fragile isn't uh, resilience, but it's anti-fragile, a system or product, an entity, something that thrives on volatility and uncertainty. So uh, there's certainly a variety of, uh, of examples uh, in literature and in business where um, those of us who are facing uncertainty, who are facing anxiety, can pivot and uh, take advantage of that uncertainty or, or make the most of it or, or not uh, give up on our growth objectives. With all that as background, uh, I'd be interested to hear from Shushant what, what trends you're seeing in Asia. You recently spoke about the Sprinter Mindset during uh, Course 5 Compass, the virtual event, the conference that we had on May 14th. And 
You also wrote an article in LinkedIn talking about how enterprises are looking for sprinters to reignite the value chain. Uh, can you shed some more light on this? Sure, David. So I think we are seeing a very similar trend here in India too, uh, and in other parts of Asia, if I'll talk about it. Uh, I think the biggest pain that we are going through here in Asia is the, the massive labor migration which is happening. And uh, there's a millions of people are on the street right now, walking on the rail tracks, okay, traveling in the trucks and sitting on top of the train wagons. And everyone just wants to rush back to their hometown, okay, go back to their villages. And that's going to cause a significant impact to the MSME sectors, which is the, the lifeline of the Asian countries, which contributes a significant percentage to the overall GDP. And if the labor migration keeps on continuing like this for the another two, three months, we're going to be in a very, very tough situation in the rest of the, the remaining part of the year. The number two thing that we are seeing is that uh, the government has already relaxed uh, the lockdown in certain parts of the India. And uh, as you already know, the, the China has already gone through a maximum amount of uh, recovery. I think the, the entire lockdown has been completely relaxed there. They're, they're, I think, living a new normal life right now. But in India right now, we are seeing the lockdown is getting relaxed in stages. And uh, so what's happening right now is the MSMEs, which is the backbone of the country, they are hitting hard on the state and the central governments that we need fiscal budget. We need fiscal relief. How can you protect us from insolvency? How can you protect us from this cash crunch situation? Because the labor is not there. The machinery has not been cycled for last few months. They need technicians. They need labor to come and lubricate these machines and revive this ecosystem. Plus, a significant percentage of working capital is locked into inventory. And you have no visibility when this inventory will convert into sales. Okay? When when they are going to achieve their high inventory turnover ratios. So, so the entire ecosystem is right now in a very messy state. And I think even the sales and distribution, okay, which is your, the, the end part of your supply chain, it is running at 20 to 30% capacity. And they are really pleading to the government that how they can run at least up to 50 to 60% of the capacity so that the daily essentials can reach uh, the local pop and mom stores. So the current situation is kind of bad. The coming two, three months are going to be more bad than what we are right now. I think right now uh, the government has already announced a big uh, fiscal relief. Uh, they have announced like a 20 lakh crores worth of uh, fiscal budget where they which is roughly around 10% of the country's GDP that how we can revive uh, the MSMEs and other sectors basically but on the other hand if you look at it uh, the insurance sector is booming because whenever the the VUCA situation comes whenever there is a lot of volatility uncertainty and fear people buy a lot of life and health insurance the same thing happened during the global financial crisis so I'm seeing some of the local insurance aggregators, they're seeing a surge in the traffic on their website by 70%. And the insurance business has grown by 30% in the last few weeks. And if you look at in the United States also, uh, we don't have the similar numbers for India, but if you look at the percentage of retail sales, which is of the overall e-commerce, which is currently standing at 27%. I can't believe that. I remember when I left US in 2010, the, the, the percentage of e-commerce sales relative to the total retail sales was roughly around 4 to 5%. And last year in US, it was like 16%. And now in last eight weeks, it has gone to 27%. So the e-commerce is booming, I think. So all the companies who invested heavily in the e-commerce channel in the last few years, 
they're reaping the benefit. The last mile delivery providers in India, they are doing really, really well. So I think some sectors are booming. They have got an advantage. They have taken advantage of this opportunity of this pandemic. Well, certain sectors, which are the lifeline of the country, I think they are going through a lot of tough states. So coming back to your uh, question around this whole sprinter philosophy. Uh, so based on my past experience of other financial meltdown or humanitarian crisis that I've experienced in the last 15 to 20 years, the one thing I've learned is that, that whenever the crisis situation happens, you need to move fast. You need to pivot. You need to change the status quo. You need to change those underlying operating models. You need to change those standard frameworks. And I'm seeing more and more enterprises are right now looking for those jumpstart packages, okay? Just like you jumpstart your car during the winter season, same way the companies are looking for some kind of a quick revival packages that what can they do in the next 30 to 90 days to reset, to press the reset button, revive the entire value chain, and get prepared for the recession, get prepared for that supply shock phase, which is going to start from July onwards. So that's what is required. So it's more a mindset. And our own clients are also demanding from us that how can we move fast, how we can collaborate with them very actively, very engagingly, and work in a very cohesive manner and be a partner in in the revival process. So Joseph, I'm very keen to know from you, I, I know you are playing a very important role in the European region and UK numbers are not like rosy and some parts of Europe are also, have shown recovery, but certain countries are still seeing a, a growth in the, the numbers of fatalities. So, so what's your perspective, Joseph? Um, thank you, Sushant. And uh, um, it's a pleasure to join you today, gentlemen, um, on this um, enriching discussion. Um, I will pick up a couple of points made already. So, um, David, uh, I was more of a sprinter at, uh, at school and at college. Uh, but ironically, one of the habits I picked up during the lockdown is long distance running with my 15-year-old. So that, that's changed <laughs> with, the, with the environment and the situation. Um, and then on the data front, a bit like Sushant has just been um, outlining, um, the UK and Europe went through various phases. Certain industries have been hit a little harder than others. But um, in summary, the big shock happened in March, um, where everybody realized how serious this was. Uh, and we felt it in the grocery aisles, as, as David spoke. And it felt like a war zone, and there was real shock everywhere. And the takeaway from March is that there wasn't one sector that was not affected. There wasn't one sector that was not in... in um, in self, uh, self-reflection and then wondering how this was gonna unfold. Um, and then as April picked up, we started seeing the data coming out from retail sectors, for example, um, down 16% in March and then down another 20% in, um, in April. So retail got hit uh, significantly. Apparel retail specifically was the, the most affected. Um, another two sectors, as we know, would be um, travel, um, and a lot of airlines got, got grounded. The latest number I've, I've read of a major, probably the major airline in Europe is Lufthansa. And they've got 800 aircraft and they've declared that they're gonna be grounding 300 in 2021 and 200 in 2022 and 100 in 2023. That's how far they can see this unfolding in terms of the supply demand that, that we talked about earlier. So. Um, as we now, in May, I think the, the, um, the realization is that 
yes, there is going to be impact across certain industries. There's going to be change um, as the stimulus cannot be continued forever by the government in propping up certain businesses, subsidizing furlough programs, and uh, trying to find ways to, to, to protect some of the smaller businesses. They're going to be an um, important piece of the, um, of the restart. Um, and then beyond that, I have very specific conversations with people. And again, anecdotally, to give you a flavor of Europe, um, I was talking to a, um, a CEO of a large gaming company, and we were specifically talking about discretionary goods, both in B2B and in B2C. B2C at home, there's a major change in what we're buying every day to what we were buying um, during, uh, you know, end of last year, early this year. Will that go back? Will there be product lines that will not pick up again at the same rate? And what are they going to do about them? And then discretionary at, at, the, at the office. Uh, now we're all sitting at home and he was telling me that there's been a whole set of invoices that we are looking at on a regular basis thinking, we're not going to see these again. And these are items that, you know, a typical business will be buying, but since everybody's sitting at home, a lot of these things might well disappear. So that's a big change that we're seeing. Um, the other one that is, again, I discussed with some uh, CTO friends of mine is, if you guys remember, some industries were very comfortable in... Um, in technology such as the Silicon Valley, you know, big boys. Um, but in other industries, there's been this readjustment over the last uh, five years where digital has been big. Um, and then the pace of change began to increase with a lot more digital transformations. And so it left always the top three in the best position. They had, you know, significant market share and momentum in just about anything, in just about any vertical. Question is, how does that play out as we open up the, the lockdowns? Do those three remain the three? Do some of the people sitting in position five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten disappear? And then we get even more concentration. So that's what's keeping some of these folks um, um, awake at night. Um, and then the, 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 the areas that you know, we're talking about, specifically with the course five lens, are two industries, so retail and CPG. And I'd like to touch upon a couple of retail examples. Um, as Sushant said, we're getting to the stage now, as we finish May, early June, where people are asking for what next. They're asking for steps and methods and, and, and roadmaps to start pivoting, um, exploring new avenues, and not just sitting on their hands thinking, we can't just wait for this to go past and blow past us. Um, I can name a few very specific retailers, such as uh, Lululemon, Under Armour, Adidas. Um, and what their strength has been is the product. So if you go upstream into their business, their product is phenomenal in terms of a technical product that took market share and just ran away with growth. Um, under the situation that we're in, product is still going to be strong. But if you can't fulfill the, the, um, the supply chains, then you're relying a lot of time for others to catch up with your technology. And that's the reality. Um, Adidas is a very good example of agility where they have built in sprinting, as um, Sushan talks about, in their business. So depending on which business unit you're in and which domain you're in, there'll be stand-ups where they get, you know, large teams to stand up and try to tackle a particular problem on a regular basis, weekly, monthly, um, and they've delivered amazing outcomes from that. Uh, now, Adidas is not a client. It's just a, a big example in Europe. It's one of the biggest. I think it's number two to, uh, to Nike in the world. So important example in apparel and retail. Um, and that sprinter mindset is what a lot of clients are coming to us for when they're asking us for support around analytics and insights right now in Europe. 
Um, and they're looking for those big, you know, big changes, big shifts. Uh, can you reduce the amount of time that I'm going to onboard a vendor uh, dramatically going forwards? Because my supply chain now needs to be revisited, possibly broken down because I was very streamlined, relying on one supplier. All that's got to change. Uh, the geographical dependencies have got to be revisited. So um, supply chain and logistics and last mile are going to be fundamental. Um, and that's a lot of the conversations that we are having today in CPG and retail. Um, and uh, the ones with the most comfort are the ones with the very strong products. Um, and if they had some agility beforehand, they're leveraging it. And if they didn't in CPG, they were not really, you know, king of e-com or king of digital, but they're going to have to be. Um, so there's a lot of change there. And I know in India specifically, Sushant, there's been big, big developments in e-com. Um, and, um, and related uh, sectors over the last 10 years, and they're amazing advances in that space. Um, so yeah, we would say that the sprinting mentality and the sprinting capabilities of combining data and process are gonna be absolutely king as people begin to, to pivot. Um, so Sushant, I know you and I have worked with many joint clients, um, enterprise clients, both in Europe, um, and some of them are global. Um, Maybe you can give us a bit more of a, a detailed uh, perspective on some of those works and programs um, for our listeners to, uh, to take away some, some good ideas and learnings. Sure, Joseph. Thank you. So, uh, so there are very interesting trends I'm uh, seeing, Joseph, since last uh, few weeks. Uh, the type of programs that we are doing as a company. And uh, if I look at the type of programs we were doing uh, 10, 12 weeks ago and what we have doing now this is an amazing difference you can imagine so especially if you look at the whole supply chain ecosystem i think because of this pandemic uh, we all know that the entire supply chain system is under a lot of distress right now and uh, there are two things which have happened is there is a lack of transparency and there's a lack of control okay these are the two things and uh, and what all the CPG, FMCG, retail, and all the technology players whom we work with, they all are focusing on five areas right now. Okay, The number one thing is everyone wants to recalibrate their incumbent demand forecast, Okay, which is a very critical part of any supply chain ecosystem is that you need to have a high accurate demand forecast. And considering the current demand volatility, that these players are experiencing both from the retail side as well as from the e-commerce side, it's extremely difficult to determine what the demand is going to be in the coming weeks and months. And it requires a lot of out-of-the-box thinking because it's not just a typical machine learning and AI thing that can solve this problem because you don't have too much historical data points. And these kind of incidents have not happened in the past. It's a very unprecedented thing. So, a lot of companies we are seeing that they are experienced, uh, they are doing a lot of what if scenario planning. Okay, they're trying different permutation combinations. It requires a lot of human uh, business acumen. They're trying doing these kind of AB experiments to figure it out. What if we uh, change our supplier? What if we do our procurement like this? What if we keep only this much inventory in this kind of a distribution center? What if we try the drop shipping approach? What if we do this kind of a hub optimization thing? So there's a lot of what if scenario planning which is happening. And along with that, if you look at 
when you look at the historical demand forecasting approach, it's always dependent on a lot of micro factors and to some extent, some of the macro factors like your seasonality, your weather, okay, impact of transportation. But now you have this whole COVID-19 situation and there is no enough data. So you need to look for more interesting macro proxy measures, okay, which can help you understand the impact of that on your future forecast. Plus, I feel your social media sensing is going to be a very critical aspect here because when people are right now connected online through multiple social platforms and they are exhibiting some interesting behavior on all these social platforms, okay? They are expressing their nervousness. They're expressing their anxiety. They're expressing the kind of a buying behavior they used to have earlier. They're expressing their wish list. So those social signals are going to be a very critical signals to recalibrate these demand forecasts. Along with that, uh, we are seeing there's a lot of requests coming for smarter supply and operations planning that how can we better manage our inventory? How can we better manage our working capital, which is already locked into inventory? How should we smartly bundle our products? Because whenever this crisis situation happens, the one thing that a lot of CPG and FMCG players do is, it's called SKU rationalization, that how can we cut down the number of variations of our products during the, the distress stage and focus on those categories, those product lines, which can drive a better margins. So instead of having too many variations of a product, let's keep bare minimal and try to go after the profitability at this particular stage. Apart from that, uh, the route optimization, because if you know that the transportation and logistics have been significantly impacted since last few months, Okay, a lot of small transporters are going to going for bankruptcy in the coming months, definitely. Okay, and uh, even if you look at the US transportation sector, major, approximately 90% of the transportation companies in US itself have less than six trucks. Just imagine 90% of the transportation companies in US have less than six trucks. Now, if the sector is not running to its full capacity and it's only running like 10 to 15% of its capacity just for transferring the daily essentials, how it's going to impact their, their finances, how it's going to impact their livelihood in the coming months. Okay, that's going to be a very important factor. So the CPG and FMCG players are looking for smarter route planning. Okay, how to leverage the current fleet where we have and make sure our order cycle time does not get impacted. Fourth piece is, Segmented supply chain, a very big topic in our, in our industry. Last two, three years, everyone is talking about, you know what, we should segment our supply chain and make it cater to individual channels. And now we are seeing the growth in that. People are setting up a separate supply chain for the e-commerce channels. They are segregating their retail supply chain with the e-commerce supply chain, having their own proper inventory, their own in procurement, their own separate distribution center, separate warehousing, and the separate fleet so that they can run that operations more profitably. And the last piece I'm seeing is that uh, the clients are asking for more and more transparency and predictability around the sales and distribution process. Okay, which always lacked the transparency because when your field sales agents are on the street, you don't know how much target they have achieved during the day. Are they really 
meeting the going to meet the targets by the end of the day or not which categories they are focusing on which product lines they are going to focus on okay and how to get more and more transparency and predictability around that so that the area heads the zonal heads they can smartly plan the following days along with that joseph uh, i'm also seeing a, a demand in uh, services like digital customer experience because as the players are investing more and more on the e-commerce channel they don't know how to engage with these consumers in a more effective way how to understand their journeys how to impact those individual touch points okay and how to make sure that these consumers are getting seamless experience the experience that they were getting in the brick and mortar stores and now the same experience how we can deliver through the online channel that's that's a very important piece here and other thing i'm seeing is the robotic process automation okay which in that industry has always been there but last couple of years it has picked up very well and in the last few weeks that sector is going up we are ourselves getting a lot of requests from the clients where they want to get a lot of automation now okay they want to bring a lot of automation in their the supply chain ecosystem they want to digitize their businesses they want to uh, focus on speed to insights they are asking for action turnaround time measures and they are asking for better adoption and that these are all healthy signals and i think we are very bullish i think the next few weeks the next few months are all going to be focusing around supply chain optimization robotic process automation we're going to see more and more demand for social media sensing we're going to see more demand for digital customer experience as the e-commerce uh, percentage as a relative to the overall retails is going to increase so at the end uh, i would say uh, the industry in the current situation definitely not sending a very positive signal for the what the coming weeks and quarters are going to look like but definitely some sectors are going to do really really well so with this i want to conclude my part and over to you david uh, how can our existing clients and prospects uh, can take advantage of some of the revival packages we have put together to come out of this uh, covid-19 situation faster right yeah we've been thinking about how uh, how we can help brands uh, in the midst of of all of this uh, uh, this upheaval but new unique needs on the part of end consumers so obviously as you mentioned end consumers need connectedness they need community they need reassurance they need transparency um and, and brands can stand apart by providing all of these um but in order to do so they have to act quickly and and data and and information can be part of of their acting quickly and with that in mind we've created a a what we call a digital acceleration solution package so we we've, we've got three areas that we're uh, taking to our clients and offering them uh, kind of rapid quick uh, results through in three specific areas so digital foundations how do you get your uh, or will help you get your uh, your data house in order to make sure that you can trust your data, uh, that you have good signals coming through, that you're all on the same page uh, within your company. The aim here is to provide value, to do so quickly, to establish that foundation, um, customized to the needs of the client, of course, but um, uh, there's some commonalities that we, we often see. We also see a need for command center uh, insights. And so our second solution is called command center which helps uh, provide a, uh, a view on, on all of these various 
uh, data feeds and signals. So you have a sense of, of what, uh, what the need is and, and how you should respond. And then the third one is, uh, is called COVID insights. So obviously there's a lot of questions around what does the current landscape mean for, for my brand, for my customer, for my competitors. Um, and, and we have uh, packaged some, some activities, uh, some accelerators to, um, to quickly help you understand uh, what you should do given this new landscape. So Digital Foundations, Command Center, and COVID Insights all together are digital acceleration solutions aimed to rapidly get you up and running or improve your situation as it relates to using data to provide uh, your, you with the insight you need to make better connections with your customers, uh, to help them connect with each other, to help them be part of the communities in which they live, to reassure them, to give them the transparency they need to reassure them. Um, so we're, uh, we're excited about the, uh, being part of the solution here. This is how we're, we're adopting the Sprinter mindset within, within our company. With, with that, I think we're, uh, we're, we're nearing the closing phase of our discussion here today. Um, Joseph, Shashant, thank you very much for, for providing your insights and, and advice here. Thank you. Um, thank you. And, and to our listeners, thank you for listening. We hope that you've found here a source of inspiration amidst these current challenges. We encourage you to go be a sprinter. Even if you're a middle distance runner, adopt the persona of a sprinter, learn from the sprinters. Uh, if Joseph can transition from a sprinter into a distance runner, then we can all adopt the sprinter mindset. <laughs> uh, I encourage you to, to learn from the sprinters around you, whatever it be within your company, within, uh, from your competitors, from your customers, uh, and certainly from us. We're here and eager to, to help uh, you adopt that sprinter mindset. We hope that uh, through these comments uh, that, that we've shared with you today, that, that we're, we're bringing a message of optimism and hope uh, that by taking action, by, by prioritizing speed in the face of uncertainty, uh, that you can be um, uh, at, the, at the helm, you can, that your actions will, uh, will have an impact. You're in the arena, you're not in the stands. Now's the time to compete. Well, so let's see you do it. Here, we're here to help you. Visit our website, www.course5i.com. Feel free to submit an inquiry there. Uh, contact your client partner if you're an existing customer of Course 5 or connect with us on LinkedIn. I'll also point out that uh, as we referred to earlier, we held uh, a virtual event uh, last week. We recorded all of those sessions and they are available at course5i.com. So um, please check those out. Lots of great insights and ideas for how you can maximize your, uh, your potential in the current environment. So that's it for today. Uh, thank you all for joining Course 5 Compass Podcast.